Hello and welcome to Dungeon Talk, the general advice and discussion podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael and this is Dungeon Talk episode 39, The Not-So-Great Escape. In this episode we have our first returning guest, Matthew Parody. Matthew is a founding member of IPA Comedy and a co-host of his own podcast, The Probably Questionable Podcast, which is part of the Carpe Diem Network. And I will have links to all that in the show notes. Matthew joined us a few months ago for an episode where we covered improv and specifically the yes and mentality of improv and how it can apply to your role-playing games. So this week, Matthew joins Caleb and I as we discuss using a prison setting as part of your D&D or other RPG game. Before we get to that, though, we have a few other things we want to take care of. We are looking forward to some future Dungeon Talks where we want to revisit puzzles and riddles. And we're looking for some good examples that we can use, whether that be a good or bad example, I guess I should say, from games that you've either played in or ran yourself. Uh, So if you would be so kind as to send in a good example of a good example or a good example of a bad example of a puzzle or riddle that you've used or encountered in your game, and we're going to pick some of our favorites and either break them down or talk about how they could be improved or maybe just use them as a prompt for our own discussion. But if you have any puzzles or riddles that you would like to share, please email them to us at podcast at dndacademy.com and just title it Puzzle, Riddle, Bad Example, Good Example, something like that. I don't get that many emails. I'll probably figure it out. Uh, the other thing we want to do is we are working towards another Synergy segment. We do want to wait a couple weeks between when this airs and when we do the next one so that people have plenty of time to get their ideas in. I have posted these cards on Reddit and also cross-posted them on Twitter and Facebook. And I'm going to read them here. And then we're going to wait at least two weeks, maybe even a little bit longer. Uh, So before, if you want to play along, then feel free to send us your idea for an adventure, for a whole campaign, or just even an encounter using some or all or maybe even none of these cards if the inspiration strikes. Again, just send us an email to podcast at dndacademy.com and just title this one Synergy born of the gods that way i'll know which one you're talking about so here are the cards that we drew from our pack we are using the born of the gods which is the most recent magic the gathering set so the cards are great heart satyr windfinder retraction helix nixborn edelon bolt of karenos sudden storm aspect of hydra claim of erebos Deepwater Hypnotist, Nyxborn Shieldmate, Fair's Band Raiders, Miletist Astronomer, Flitterstep Edeon, and the legendary in there was Phoenix, God of Deception, and Our Land Was an Island. And then finally, we have a new iTunes review. This one comes to us from Dakarasuki. I hope that's close. title of this review is Mind Flayed. And Dakarasuki goes on to write, Great podcast. The hosts are entertaining and are excited about RPGs. I have been incorporating tips from the hosts into my games. Also, the insight into DMing is invaluable for new and old DMs alike. A must listen for anyone interested in learning how to DM. That is an awesome example of an iTunes review that makes us so happy that, you know, that's why we do this. We are excited about RPGs and we hope that there's at least one thing from every episode that whether you're a brand new DM, haven't even done it yet, or you've been doing it for years and years that you can think, hey, I could use that. And in some cases, it's probably bad advice that's teaching you what not to do. But hey, that's valuable too. So again, thank you, Dakarasuki, for sending in your review. 
And then if there's anyone else out there that would like to send us a review, obviously iTunes is probably the number one way. We are also on Stitcher Radio, so, so feel free to give us a review there. Go visit our Facebook page. If you're there, go ahead and throw us a like if you don't mind. We, we jumped today quite a few. We're up over 50 now. The next stop is 100. Lastly, rpgpodcast.com is still the number one way that we generate traffic. So if you do like our episodes and you feel so inclined, jump over there and uh, give us a recommend on our episodes and keep pushing us up that leaderboard so that more and more people will find us. So enough of all that promotion. It's time for the show. Here is Dungeon Talk episode 39, The Not-So-Great Escape. So gentlemen, we are here today to talk about prison settings in RPGs, particularly D&D, but it could really work for anything uh, any, in the similar vein. And we've done some communicating beforehand over internet, email, that kind of cool stuff. And there's basically three avenues that we want to explore, and we'll just take them in order if that's fine with you guys, and if it's not, then deal with it. So the three that we sort of laid out was a game that starts in prison, so that's kind of the meet-cute for all of the PCs, how they get to know each other. It gives them their first mission, and then they, they escape, and then they kind of go on the rest of the way in the campaign, or the, the rest of the adventure happens after that. The second type of setting would be where the entire game is set in a prison of some sort or the other. So what sort of challenges would that present as a game master, and how would you make that an interesting game? Could you even do a long-term game that is in such a small setting? And then the last one would be where the prison aspect is just part of an ongoing campaign where there's a reason that our characters need to get into a prison for some reason and then try to get back out at some point. So let's start with the first one. And Matthew, you're, this was kind of your baby. This is one of the things that you brought up as something you like to talk about. So we'll let you start. Have you ever had a game that you started in a prison? Or like what was the thought process behind bringing this up as a topic? The thought process for bringing this up as a topic was basically watching Orange is the New Black, a pretty cool Netflix show. And I was just like, this is a weird, crazy world where they trade silly things for even sillier things at times and, and, and I wonder if there's a something there that you could do for a game. So that's what I was curious about. I played a game where we started in a prison and we escaped. I don't remember how someone was attacking it and we, we, we like jump ship at the same time. And then I also played this Wild West game where to get the, the heroes together I just had them all just be in a prison. And there was this uh, Native American there, and he got busted out by his pet dragon, and they just escaped alongside. Not really with, but those are the two starting in prisons I've done. Okay, so the one that you started in prison, the first one, yeah, was that? I mean, was that how your characters met? Like, was there a, a, like the first session where it was? Why are you in jail? Are you guilty or innocent? Or did you just kind of start? and you were, it was assumed that you guys were already together. So was that part of the game, or was it backstory to the game? That, that was backstory to the game. It was kind of like, you're in prison, uh, you can figure out why you're in prison. In that case, um, I decided that I was actually born in prison. It was like, you know, 
it was a fantasy setting, so the prison was hundreds and hundreds of years old, and I had just been born there, and that was just all I knew. So you were Bane. But more cool, yes. Oh, well. <laughs> so you did not have Sean Connery's accent then? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, so Caleb... Oh, vest. Um, and a sweet coat. I love that collar. Oh, yeah, that um, coat is awesome. So, Caleb, so what about you? have you played any games that were set in a prison to start with, or did you run any games, or just any initial thoughts on that? I have not been... Well, no, I take that back. We did do one game where we started in a prison. I forgot about it. But it was less of a prison and more of a bunch of slaves that were kept in a desert, and the desert was so big there was no chance to escape. So prison-type setting. And that was one where we just... That was a higher level one shot, so we kind of just did the whole, all right, why are you a slave? Why are you in prison? Make up your backstory kind of thing. I haven't done any where uh, the entire environment or the entire story was prison. I think it's a good concept, though, but I have not really played it out that way. I've done it twice that I can recall. Once was quite a long time ago, and one was fairly recent, and I approached them both fairly differently based on my earlier experience. The first time that I did it, I this was back, I believe, in college. It was quite a long time ago, longer than I should I wanted, care to admit. But I did the typical naive DM thing where I set out a prison, and I actually figured out, okay, here's a guard. This is the guard schedule. You know, th- this is the precautions that this prison makes. And I tried to be, you know, as as thorough as one person can be fake, creating a fake prison as far as, you know, where I thought the holes would be. And then when it came time for my players to escape, they had to discover these things that I had set up. So they would do roles or they would ask questions about, you know, well, which guards do we think we could bribe or which guard seems like he would be on our side. And it drew out way too long. It wasn't very interesting. It wasn't very fun. And at the end, they never really came up with a solution. They never actually found a way out of the prison. So I kind of had to just give it to them, which really... One made all the time that we spent doing that up front kind of suck, and then we lost the payoff. So the second time that I did it, I had them attached more to like what Matthew was doing. I actually had an NPC who was breaking out of prison, and he just sort of brought them along and asked them to do things. Like one of the one of the PCs was like the cook. He spent time in the cook. So they they said, okay, here, you know, here, put these rotten or put these eggs somewhere, let them rot for two three weeks and then put them in the, the warden's meal the next day. So, so again, the, the PCs were really more secondary characters so that they wouldn't have to be the ones that figured everything out, which also was not very fun because they weren't the ones that were planning anything. So I don't think either one of those two examples worked out very well. So how would you guys handle that? How do you think you could make breaking out of prison fun for the characters, let them be the ones that are active and have agency, but not get into a situation where, oh, well, they didn't figure it out, so they're stuck forever. I think that the prison would need to be um, freeform enough that they would have, basically it would be like um, almost like a transportation sentence and not so much a prison, where they where they would have enough to do that wouldn't be prison-esque. So not breaking stones, you know, maybe one of them is working in the kitchen, maybe one of them is, you know, and they're not like under shackled, lock and key all the time so they have opportunities be it you know uh, one out of a one of a, one out of a thousand chance that maybe they can they can try to take okay what about you Caleb any initial thoughts on 
how you would make that an interesting part of the adventure? I think you would need to definitely flesh out more of the background story. Not story facts and how they got there, but the daily life kind of story, the boring stuff. You would need to establish for them the, the patterns that they may follow or what they're doing, their rec time, the library, the yard to work out in. I mean, to use modern prison terms. But you would, you would just need to create a much wider foundation of knowledge for them to pull from as they're trying to figure out how they could go about breaking out, if that's the intention of that you're going towards. I think my experience in Fate, if I were to, were to try this again, I would pull some concepts from there, and kind of like what Matthew was saying earlier about making it freeform, I don't know that I would try to figure out a solution, much like you know maybe running a mystery where you let the PCs use their skills and abilities and talents, whatever they are, and then you just kind of let them be right. So if one of the characters is like, you know, I want to know, see if there's any guards that I, I think would be friendly to us, maybe I could work with or could bribe, I'd have them roll a roll, and if they did very well, then say, yeah, you did find a guard who seems to be sympathetic to your cause or, you know, has indicated that they might be up for a bribery. And maybe if they do poorly on that roll, you could say, well, you actually asked the wrong guard, now he knows you're up to something and he's watching you even closer. So there's a complication for failure. And kind of gauge it that way, so if they decide, like, hey, could we poison the warden's food? You know, what skills do you want to use? How do you want to work that? And b based off of their role, allow them success or have a complication, rather than me trying to figure out, oh, well, they need to escape at midnight on the third new moon, or they're all going to die. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. You coming up with a plan for them is going to make the game a lot harder. You, as the guy running the game needs to create all the elements and then see how they put those puzzle pieces together. Yeah, the pieces should be able to be assembled in multiple different ways without you needing to figure out what the whole picture looked like originally. Multiple gotcha. solutions for the same problem. Kind of like math when you need to show your work or else you wouldn't get full credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, was never, I was never good at that. But yeah, I think, I think if I were to do it again, that's how I would approach it just because it, it, I think the two ways I did it in the, in the past, again, one where I came up with a solution and they had to find my solution, which wasn't fun, or making them the secondary characters to this breakout, which also I don't think was very much fun. I think that makes a lot more sense is to kind of leave it open to their interpretation and let them do what they're good at and, and, and allow that to work. I kind of want to jump back for a second because I, I, I skipped ahead about using that as a background. The, the time that I did it most recently, the part that I did think that worked was I allowed each player to come up with the backstory as how they got into prison and we kind of covered that in the game and some some of them were innocent and had been wrongfully accused or you know part of the corruption and others were like yeah no I did it you know I murdered somebody or I was a thief and I got caught and I just thought that was a, an interesting way for them to kind of meet in the yard and introduce their backstories kind of like Andy Dufresne and Red from uh, Shawshank Redemption because I'm a big fan of that you know Andy's the only innocent man at Shawshank type of a thing or I'm sorry Red's the only guilty man at Shawshank I should say uh, but I thought that was an interesting way to do it and uh I got a comment back from Twitter from Dale, who's on the NPC cast, which is one of my favorite podcasts, and he's running a D&D 4E game, but it's a kind of a Cthulhu game, where all the PCs meet in group therapy in a mental hospital. 
So the first episode was group therapy, like a diceless, just a free-form role-playing session where they were in group therapy talking about their problems, and that's how all the PCs got to know each other. And then the second session is when shit hit the fan, and then all these people who were crazy started seeing stuff that only crazy people would see. And I thought that was a great way to start that type of game as well, which is similar to what we're talking about. One thing you have to address as you're approaching this kind of topic is even if you are as the GM, putting these puzzle pieces out there for the players to put together, you still need to have a little bit of an idea of where you want the direction to be pointed. You know, you, you want to try to figure out, are you going to keep them in the prison? Is this going to be a, a long-term break? Is this going to be get-in, get-out kind of thing? So, so you, I know that's kind of leading into some of the other topics we're going to get to, but I, I think you need to start with a tiny bit of a concept anyway, so you can frame the information you're giving your players in the right context. I think that's a good example, going back to my, my Shawshank story, <clears throat> or example, is that you know Andy, not only did he escape, but he also revealed the corruption of the prison and got the warden, you know, he was killed himself, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen a movie that's 25 years old, and some of the more <laughs> corrupt, <laughs> more corrupt prison guards, you know, were arrested. So it wasn't just getting out so that Andy could move on, but he solved a problem from the inside as well. And I think that's what you're talking about, is is the prison just there to bring the characters together? And that's all it is, is it's just the setup. And, you know, ep, you know session one, they're going to get out of the prison, really, no matter how they approach it, it's going to work, they're going to get out, and then you're going to move on. Or is the prison, like, the first three or four sessions of the game, or longer, where there is something about the prison that also is a puzzle or a problem that needs to be solved? Exactly. I like the idea of the prison as like the first place that the, the players are. I wouldn't say the, where they meet or, or that they need to get out, but it, it's like their original town. You know, like they could get out in one session. They could spend the first three levels uh, putzing around, uh, breaking stones, making friends, and killing each other. But, you know, it's, it's all up to them. Kind of the last thing that I was thinking about in that one, and this is something we've talked about recently on the podcast, is where you have conflicting goals. And the classic example from our games now is uh, Nikos Paladin and Rob's Necromancer that had some famous conflict, which is about to be in some of the episodes that are, are getting ready to get released. It's in there if you guys are listening. But I could see a situation where in a, it would be a cool movie or a cool story in a book where there's some roguish characters. They're in a prison. They need to get out. And one of the other prisoners is a former guard, maybe a paladin type, type character, who's you know he was wrongfully in prison, but because he's a paladin, he won't. He he assumes that the system will eventually work out, so he's not really fighting it. And maybe he knows the way through the labyrinth that gets you in and out of the prison, so they need him to be a part of their crew. And that would be a cool long story getting him involved. If you played that in a game, the paladin would go, "I can't help you," and everybody else would go, like, "Okay." And then that'd be it, and then his character would just wouldn't be included. So I don't know that you would be able to do that in most games with actual players, though I think it would make a cool story. The now, players are always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, players? Ah! Now it would be interesting if you had one of the players actually being that paladin who had that secret information, and you told that player ahead of time... Here's the setup. You know, you have this knowledge that you feel, because of whatever motivation you give yourself, 
you don't need or don't have to share. And it, you could put it, you could leave it up to that player to either just shut up about it and never drop any hints, or you know, say, look, you know this, and if someone's asking you about it, you might give away a little bit, but then let that player conflict or character conflict unveil itself at the table. It's still messy, though. It's not a, an ideal movie situation. Yeah, I think it would work better in a story, where as an author, you you control the outcome. Right. I'm afraid as players, it would just be, we need your help. I can't. I'm a paladin. Oh, well. And then they would just cut the paladin out, and he wouldn't be part of the story anymore, and that character would have to be re-rolled as somebody else, because they're going to be like, eh, screw the paladin. He's just not going to help us. I don't know that many groups, I'm sure there are some, but I don't know many groups that would be able to role-play through that and have fun doing it, that they would be willing to let that draw out two or three sessions where they're they're constantly just trying to wear down this paladin or this you know former guard's defenses and finally convince him that the system screwed you. You know, you are at you're you're being wronged here and you need to get on the outside and, and right that wrong. That's what a true paladin would do and go, okay, all right, I'm with you now. I'll actually help you guys get out because it helps me too. Again, I could see that as being an awesome story. I just I don't know that it would work in a game. Or or you could pull a water world and make the exit to the labyrinth be tattooed on the paladin's body. <laughs> so they don't need him alive? <laughs> so they don't need him alive or being or they don't need him helping. They just need him they just need his skin. So yeah. whether they take him prisoner or, you know, flay his skin from his body, they'll still get out. And that would again, that would be <laughs> I could see that happening in two ways. We need your help, okay. I need your help, no, stab, stab. And then again, that player needs to roll a new character. Right. But yeah, I think that that's definitely an interesting way. I, I, I like the idea of there being some sort of secret entrance or a labyrinth or a password or something, and, and one of the prisoners knows that, and that becomes part of the avenue for escape. Whether it be an NPC that you play or another PC, I think that could be an interesting twist on it. Um, one of the last little stories I had, um, one of the last games that I did with a prison, I had an NPC that was a half-orc, and... Uh, there was a, a battle that happened when the, uh, the the NPC who was orchestrating the escape happened, and I had the half-orc break off one of his tusks and use it as a shank since they didn't have any weapons. And That was just a, a cool visual. I really liked that. So the, the second sort of topic that we want to talk about is can you and how would you set an entire game in a prison? And I think I mentioned in my email, I, you know, I could see this happening maybe at a con, like a one-shot, or a shorter game that's you know it's set up to be four or five sessions long, but can you guys think of some ways where you could just set like a long-term game within a prison? Well, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, there's anything is possible when we're talking about creating a campaign and doing whatever you want to do with it. Um, it would definitely be something you have to tell your players before you get to the table, though. You wouldn't want them to make a bunch of characters, and then spring on them when they sit down at the table, oh, by the way, you guys have been in prison for 20 years. But on the flip side of that, you could spring on them, okay, you all just got thrown into prison, and do kind of a, a long-term, just-got-incarcerated kind of game. If you wanted to do something and you planned it out and all the players were on board your arena, you're kind of limiting yourself to the scope of writing your game. So you would need a lot more input from them 
on what their day-to-day -day life is. And when you're not going to go on an adventure to find some treasure, or you're not going to be given a mission to or a quest to go kill a dragon, so, so you certainly need a lot more small stories. You know, so you'd be dealing with maybe a rival gang or the need to acquire certain resources. So you need to be looking at a lot more small-scale adventure components to keep it interesting and to keep the action rolling. And I think, too, think of the prison as more like a town. I think, actually, one of the guys that sent us some comments through the Reddit was talking about that, where just think of the, the, the prison as a town. You've got factions that, you know, there's like political things you can align with one side or, or the other. You know, you're, you're going to have some times when you're walking around and you're interacting with NPCs. There could even be some fighting where, you know, prison fighting or take, it, take the prison outside of four walls and make it, I think as you mentioned, email, make it an alternate dimension prison or an island, you know, circled by sharks with laser beams on their head. So you can go anywhere you want, but you can't leave. So then that you open it up to, to more of like a Hunger Games situation where you're trying to kill each other or try to stay alive. You're trying to find your own food and resources. You just can't leave where you're at, but you're not necessarily confined into a cell either. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was cons uh, thinking... Aha! I stole your thunder! <laughs> Twice tonight. Uh, you know, you, you said it more as a, as a an, more of an Australia than a, uh, than a Rikers Island, you know. So, you know, they have all this freedom, but at the same time, they're very constricted in what they can and can't do just based on where they are and what they're doing. You know, but, they, but then you, you, you know, Caleb was right. You have to have a lot of things for them to do. You have to have, you know, uh, you know old grandpa over there is, is a, you know, he likes to make things with his hands. And you got this gang over here that doesn't really like the way this guy looks and all sorts of stuff. So you've got to have more subplots, I feel like to keep everyone interested. And I was also thinking that, you know, again, we're dealing with a fantasy world here, so, you know, it's entirely possible that this prison is in the depths of some mountain range and orcs come out to attack. They just happen to come up through a, a hole in the wall that happens to be by this prison. So now everyone that's in prison is, is sort of almost, almost like defending their town against these orcs because they're just going to kill everybody. In prison, you, you know, you're breaking rocks into little rocks, but at least you're not assumed that you're going to die every day. So right. you could you could have like a long-term game. It's almost like a war where you're defending your prison, and that, that could be for some interesting role-play and shifting from the prisoners and guards. You know, Maybe even eventually that, that's how the campaign ends, is the, the prison is completely overrun, but, but everybody gets away, so they're able to break out in the confusion type of a thing. I, know, I, I, just, I found that interesting that maybe an outside force is attacking the prison, the, I like the, the duality of that. You go from being in prison to defending that prison as shelter. I could think I could see that being an interesting story to tell. Or or the uh, or the attacking army would offer the prisoners a sweeter deal for you know helping them you know navigate this uh, these underground levels. Yeah, you could actually have them uh, turning sides again. You know, maybe even a, one person, whether it be an orc or just another NPC gets put into prison and starts sowing dissent among the population. So there's actually warning that it's coming rather than a surprise attack. I could see that playing out a couple different ways too. So I definitely think there's some story to tell. I just, I'm just not convinced that you could do that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think at some point, if you, if you start a game in a prison, 
your players are immediately going to assume, okay, well, the goal is to get out. And if that is a goal they can never accomplish, I think eventually they're going to tire of that game and they're just going to start killing people. Like, okay, well, I'm going to kill everybody in the prison until I'm the one left and then the game will be over. Maybe it's just my players. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that's, just, that's just kind of what I'm thinking. But again, I could see that like as a longer con game, like a four or five hour game. I, that could be a lot of fun to play that. Something else you could do is essentially not tell them they're in a prison. You create this encapsulated prison world, but you don't make it the four walls with iron bars. You make it the Australia concept, like Matthew was saying. You know, it's a it's an enclosed city, it's an island, it's floating in the abyss somewhere. And essentially at the start of the game, you snap, drop your players into this world and say, you guys wake up here. Or at the tail end of your last adventure, all of a sudden you guys pass out, you wake up, bam, you're in the middle of this desolated town, and you start spinning this world around them, this living environment where the gangs and the the political structure is already there. So part of the game is learning that and figuring out how to survive, play out whatever story develops, and kind of the climactic cliffhanger would be them realizing, oh, wait a minute, this is a prison. We've been adventuring for X number of of days, months, or, or sessions at the table, and suddenly light bulb oh, we've really been trapped here this whole time. So you kind of yank that realization rug out from under them and then see how they react to see how the, the next part of the game goes. Right. Just as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it's kind of a common situation where the heroes don't win. They're, they're fighting the main bad guy or they're trying to get to the main bad guy and, and they fall. And either you have that villain kill them or in a lot of cases, that's where you have your typical wake up in a dungeon, naked, no no equipment. What if you took that and said, okay, instead, you wind up in this prison situation, whether it be an actual prison, and this bad guy you know, has some corrupt officials, and you're innocent, but you're in prison. Or, it, again, it's an alternate dimension that you get thrown into a wormhole because you failed. So rather than killing you, they just put you in the situation where it now takes several sessions to work your way back out of, but it's it's like punishment for failure, but it's not killing your character. Be a good way to run it. You could also do the uh, the players lose the final battle, the bad guy wins. Fast forward five, ten, fifty years, and now everyone is living in this prison state, and the players have to roll up new characters, and they, these new characters have never known anything but this prison life or this imprisoned life, and they have to go from there. Any uh, last thoughts on that type of game, Matthew? No, I think every, I think uh, all the ideas in my head have already been said, so <laughs> everyone all right, well, I'm going to let you go first next time, so I can't <laughs> steal your thunder. All right. So, so the part that I'm, I might be most interested in, actually, is this last idea that you make getting into prison part of the game. So what are, what are your thoughts on that type of game? Like, how would you work it out? Uh, any specific examples that you could use on that, Matthew? Uh, actually, I think I did that. I don't remember the specifics right now, but I had a campaign where it was like in the Astral Sea, there was this huge empire, and the, the, you know, the players were trying to defeat them, and somehow they got put on like this ship. It was like the flagship or whatever, and they were in prison. 
They had no weapons, no armor. They were just stripped to nothing. And that's when I started, like, fighting them in gladiatorial games. So this is in 4E. So once I had them all stripped, I started just, like, clicking through all the random weapons that you can give them. And I made... I gave them all weird weapons that they're, they wouldn't necessarily use. Like, uh, I gave a wand to a... A warlock or something, you know, weapons that they're not supposed to use. They could use, but more so like the warrior had a dagger, and and then eventually they staged, a, a, you know, a fight, and then finally got their stuff back, and then uh, escaped with the help of some of the other prisoners on the on the boat. I just had a funny image in my head of all the PCs holding these weapons that they're not used to, and the fighter sees his dagger, and he looks over at the wizard who's got a hammer, and he like takes the hammer. <laughs> and he looks over the cleric, and the cleric has a longsword, and he takes the longsword. He like he just works his way through until he gets something that he can actually use and likes. <laughs> All right, Caleb. So what about you? Uh, any situations you can think of where putting the the characters in prison as part of a game or as like as an end game could be interesting, or, or avenues that you would use techniques, anything like that? Well, I think that using a jail or a prison as a story element, it's very cliche, it's very classic, I think it's a good thing to do, because it basically gives you a very real impression that whatever task your players are given, it's not only a challenge to find out how to get there from a gameplay standpoint, but you're faced with that realization of it's within these four walls. So you're, you're locking away the person they have to find or the item they have to find. It's not just, well, how do we get there and what do we do along the way? When we get there, we also have to overcome this this wall to get by. So it's, it's, a, it's a good way to kind of physically represent that concept. I think giving the players the task of finding the one hero or the, the retired guy who's been in prison for so long because he's the only one that knows where the treasure is or how to get by the certain monster, I think that's fun. I think having something held in the prison, an item that the players need, is good. Maybe it's something the warden has. Maybe it's something that was buried, and the jail was built around this item, and the, the prisoners are actually excavating it, something along those lines. What was it? Mission Impossible 4, the Ghost Protocol one. That's the one that, well, spoiler, starts with... Um, Tom Cruise in prison willingly, and then the other guys come to break him out. So telling the, the, the PCs, hey, you need the help of this rogue or this ranger. He's the only one who can do this thing. Oh, by the way, he's been in jail for 10 years because he doesn't care. And they have to figure out how to get in and convince him to get out. That would be a good concept as well. Yeah, I think even going back to my paladin idea that we talked about at the top, that could be the back half of this game where there's a paladin that was corruptly imprisoned and doesn't want freed because he thinks that the system works and you have to break in and convince him to help you, give you, give you the secret information. So I like the idea of the prison break-in because you can, you can approach it two ways. I think it would be really funny. There's, there's obviously a chance for humor just having everyone arrested. Okay, what are you going to do to be arrested? And you know, it could be a funny little moment where each character does something 
that fits their character concept about what they're going to do. And, and it could even be a comment on the, the town that they're in. Like some, maybe someone goes to a fancy restaurant, refuses to pay their bill. Like, you know, they pull a, a Blues Brothers type thing where they're just being loud and obnoxious and talking about the where all the white women are at. And so they get thrown in jail. Or you could have a, a rogue intentionally botch a job. Or do they want to break into prison in the fact that they don't want to be caught, so they, they pretend to be guards, or they're, they're working sort of separately where they're inside the prison and they're sneaking the whole time. If they're caught, they will be put in prison for real. So you have two or three different ways that that could play out. So I think that would be an interesting game to figure out how they're going to do it. And then why are they in there? You know, I mentioned, again, you could have the paladin, they need information. Uh, you could, you know, the, the movie The Rock. Maybe there's an old prison that's abandoned, and now bad forces have taken it over. So it's kind of like a dungeon crawl. you got to break into an impenetrable place and then get back out once you're inside there. So I, I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity for that to be an interesting story. And, and a spoiler alert for the, the game that we are just starting, my new D&D Next game, that's, that's going to be an element. That's kind of where some of this came from, I was thinking, too. The characters have just found a, a boat. It's like a, an old pirate ship that's been abandoned, and they're going to. There's some interesting things about this ship. It has some history, and eventually they're going to learn that the last remaining crew member of the ship is in prison and has been in there for a very long time, and they're going to need to talk to him. So I'm going to have them basically have to go through the situation where they're going to have to break into a prison to talk to this um, former crew member of the ship and learn some interesting information. So hopefully soon you guys will be able to hear, and by soon I mean like six months probably before they are edited and posted, uh, <laughs> on how this actually works out, and you will have forgotten this by then, so it's, it's a cool surprise when it happens. All right. Have either of you guys ever used the, a prison as kind of just a background element that the, the players decided to bring to the forefront? Like, for example, they're in a town... And in explaining the town, you say to them, okay, you're, you're in this giant town, and, and here's the temples, there's uh, the guards tower over here, they have a jail in the basement, etc., etc., here's the merchants, here's the, the docks, not even planning anything about the jail or the prison, and the PCs or the players decide to use that jail to further an end. So basically, have you ever thrown out that a jail's there, not planning to use it, but then had to react when the player said, oh, let's do this in the jail. I've never had a situation specifically like that. The closest I can come to is I have had PCs that have framed other NPCs, like they're trying to get information, or there's like a, a low-level gangster that's causing them problems, and they'll just try to frame them and get them thrown in prison so that they're out of the way. But that's as close as I can think of. Yeah, I've, I've never planned out a prison and then not used it either. So hmm. The only time I've ever used prisons is when I intended to use them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of a lot of situations where, and again, this is just me trying to think right now, where it would be the PC's advantage to do that without some planning on your part. But, I mean, certainly there's some creative players in the world that may find a way to do that. So maybe we'll throw this out up to the audience if anyone has had that. That might be an interesting story that you can share with us on the Facebook side or the comments. You know, a time where, where again, you didn't plan on the prison or the jail being important, and it became that. Uh, you know, kind of what happened and how did it play out? Yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely not something you would predict right off the bat. Speaking from experience, on the player side of the table, in one of our older games, 
we were trying to infiltrate this fortress to assassinate a king, we accidentally got locked in the dungeon because we, we flubbed the rolls we were making to escape. So we ended up breaking all the prisoners out to cover our eventual escape in the shipyards. It wasn't that the, the GM put us in prison or wanted us to make use of the prison, but when we were in a bad spot, we said, well, wait a minute, what about all these prisoners? What can we do to get them out and create a, a, a diversion? And he, we just kind of played it from there. So it became a, an environmental effect at that point. <laughs> gotcha. Well, and another thing, that, as you were talking, I was thinking that much like I, I said earlier, that if you get beat by the you know the main bad guy, you get put into a prison. Maybe tone it down a little bit, but you know you have your your normal. You you meet in a tavern, beginning to a game, and of course there's going to be a fight, and maybe they all get thrown in the drunk tank, and there's yeah. there's just something about that. So it's just a one night, you know, uh, no one gets killed, so throw them in the drunk tank. Maybe there's an interesting NPC that's also in there. He tells them a secret. Uh, you know, he's drunk too, so he says something he's not supposed to. Maybe you, you see some corruption that while you're in there, you see money changing hands to a guard, and then the next day a nobleman is murdered, and this is the guard who investigated it. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, you're embroiled in these uh, this game that all because you got thrown in the drunk tank. See, that would be a really good way to introduce either a a side quest hook, you know, a little story hook on the on the flip side away from the main quest, it would be a good way to flesh out the town, the world, the, the story that you're in. That one guy in the drunk take that says something he shouldn't, that could be a, a good tie-in to maybe one of your players and their backstory to bring them to the forefront a little bit for some better role-playing. So you could certainly use that as a framework for a ton of different options that you want to bring up in the game. Yeah, I was thinking it would be a good way to bring in another character. Like if you lost a guy or, or if you, mm-hmm. you, you know, like uh, kind of when you, you found Travis and you needed a way to bring him in, that would be a, that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, I can see that as well. And then uh, I guess my last comment on this is uh, another series of podcasts that haven't quite come out yet. They're getting close. There's a situation that I thought was pretty interesting where the PCs were put into jail, essentially like a holding cell, and they're being questioned for something that they the, the NPCs think they did. The, the PCs were innocent, and they keep telling them, like, you know, this is this is really urgent. You need to tell us if, if you did what we think you did, and blah, blah, blah. And this happened over, like, maybe 30 minutes in game, but the NPCs kept coming in, like, every two hours, and they kept getting more and more exacerbated, and they're getting more and more flustered, like, hey, you know, we really need you to tell us what's going on if you did this. And finally, the last time they came in, the guard takes the key to the cell and throws it to them and says, no matter what happens, don't open that door. And that was like, I, don't know, I, just, I like the idea of suddenly being in jail is the place you want to be. Uh, and that was a, kind of a cool cliffhanger, so hopefully I didn't spoil it too much, but when you hear the episode, that'll make a lot more sense. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be. <laughs> I'm I'm on the outside looking in. I'm so confused. Yeah. So Matthew, um, any um, any last words about any of the prison stuff? Just um, kind of wrapping it up for us. Shank, shank, shiv, shiv, shank, shank. We didn't mention that every prison campaign needs at least one shank. Right, and and a couple shivings. Well, actually, going off that to make it more serious, how would you handle the prison economy? I mean, if you are in a longer term game, 
a couple sessions where the prison is a more prevalent element, would you actually take the time to establish a, uh, a prison economy where these guys over here are making the, the wine secretly and these guys over here have these weird resources and everyone trades around or would just not care about that? It depends on how long you're going to be there. If it's just the opening of a game or just the, you know, trying to find the prisoner, I don't think that's important. But if you're going to be in the game, in the prison for several sessions or you're going to try to do a long-term game set in prison, then absolutely that's going to become important. Whether it's a four-wall prison game and, you know, you're, you try to find the red character that can get you what you want, or it's a game where you're on an island, but there's still going to be resources. You know, some people are going to be better at hunting and they have food, and other people might have set up camp over the only fresh spring in, a, you know, 30 miles. So you're going to have these alliances that form and shift and change based off of, you know, how, how that's playing out. So that absolutely would become important in a longer-term game. At least I think so. What about you, Matthew? I, I was definitely thinking of a barter system, like, you know, uh, this guy's really looking you know, stone, this guy has uh, figured out how to, you know, grow these berries, and, and this guy over here is really good at making beads, so they all uh, they all have something each other needs. That could be a good way to bring in some of the skills that don't often get used in, in D&D exactly. games, the secondary exactly. skills. So someone, again, they're a cobbler, they can make good shoes or they can repair shoes. That might become very important in, like, a desert setting where, you know, when your clothes come off, you're screwed. Someone who can make wine or, or cook absolutely would, would become more important than the guy who can throw a you know a spear 30 feet if there's not much to kill but you're hungry and thirsty every day. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were putting your players into this situation where they have to figure out and adapt to this prison life, whether it's for one game or a couple games, would you give them a contact that would help them out a little bit and give them a little bit of advice, kind of the the caretaker character from The Longest Yard, the guy on the inside who makes friends with them and says, hey, talk to this guy about making shoes or talk to this guy because he, he knows how to grow the berries that everyone wants. Or would you just drop them in the game and leave it up to them to figure it out and hope they get creative with, you know, gather info checks or you know, perception checks to, to, to figure it out around them. I, I think that's a pretty standard trope in those types of games that there is that um, that that character that guides them, you know, through the, helps them navigate. Even recent episode of Justified, which is one of my all-time favorite TV shows, uh, one of the characters gets put in prison and, you know, as soon as they walk in the yard, a, a prisoner walks up and says, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so, you're so-and-so, right? And right off the bat, she's saying, this person you need to stay away from, this person can be your friend. So I think that's a pretty standard thing that most characters are going to expect. So as a DM, it depends on, do I want them to figure that out? Is that something I think they will have more fun on their own? Or if they're just really struggling and no one's getting it, then then maybe you bring them in and say, hey, this guy wants to talk, and you know he can help you out. So I could say, I could say see, you could do it either way, but I think the expectation is that you're going to have a guide in there for them. I think I think I would do that depending on the level and depending on how uh, squishy they were. Like say I was uh, I was level one, I, I would probably have a, a mentor or someone approach them and and give them the you know what's good, what's not. Whereas if if they were a much stronger characters, I'd let them figure. I'd let them get uh, pushed around a little bit before I uh, bothered helping them. Makes sense. 
Yeah. You know, it's definitely something that in the longer term game I think will become more important. And you know, the only true benefit of an of a beloved NPC is to murder them and eventually make the PCs mad. So if you don't give them that guidepost NPC, then who are you going to murder and piss them off later? A puppy? I don't know. Oh, well, okay, there you go. You know, they find a lizard in the yard, and they make a pet out of it, and then, of course, the guards come in, do a cell toss, and pop its head off like a parakeet. Exactly. <laughs> Horrible. And then they sell it to some blind kid? I know. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Yes, I'm almost 40 years old. So I do want to thank some people. We I think I mentioned to you guys earlier. We we did post this as a topic idea on Google on our Google page as well as on Reddit, and we had quite a few people that threw some comments our way, and we kind of incorporated them into our conversation. Uh, not necessarily quoting anyone, but a lot of the same stuff we talked about were sent in um, on Reddit specifically. Uh, Mr. Skeleton, Bodzilla, and Bald Hermit um, also had some comments, and then on the Google page, Connor Rokun. Voth V, and um, I'm assuming this is an acronym. It's Saisperu Clan. I'm, I'm sure I screwed that up, but you know who you are. Uh, thank them and appreciate them helping the conversation and encourage anyone who listens to this who wants to communicate. Right now, the Facebook page is kind of the number one way that we're getting conversation back and forth. Feel free to throw us a like. We're getting close to getting, we're getting up there. Uh, the next goal is 100. We've started at 2 ever since Caleb took over the Facebook administrative duties. He, he's done a fantastic job with that. So, again, thank you for that, Caleb. But uh, give us a like on Facebook and, and kind of join the conversation over there. And then the last thing I have, and then I'll turn it over to you guys for some last thoughts and comments, is I, I had a comment that came in on our website. On the menu bar, there's a study hall as an option for one of the pages. If you go there, there's nothing there. This was an idea that Evan and I were working on before he sort of took a sabbatical where it was going to be stuff that really wasn't mainstream for what we do. So movie reviews, uh, TV show, uh, music, just something that we thought, eh, this is interesting, we want to comment on, we want to do a one-off podcast and talk about a video game. It was going to be this sort of the miscellaneous collection of all that stuff, and we've never done anything with it, and now that Evan's kind of stepped away, at least temporarily, it probably won't ever have anything until he comes back. So if, that, if you're ever wondering, if you're ever playing around on the site, and you go to the study hall and there's nothing there, that's why. Also, what I was thinking about, what I just figured out when we were talking about all these prison things, it's kind of like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, if you guys have seen that trailer. That's what we're kind of that's what we're kind of <laughs> talking about. Way to, way to bring it home. That's that's true. I, I in full disclosure, when I first heard about that movie, I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. All right, I, I've never. I'm, I'm a comic book geek. I've never read a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book. The idea of a talking tree and a crazy raccoon to me just doesn't make sense. But the trailer intrigued me. I'm not oh, going to say wow. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm on board, but I am. I mean, I'm going to see it anyways. It's fucking Marvel. I'm going to be there opening day with my shirt on. But I'm more excited about Captain America: Winter Soldier than I am Guardians of the Galaxy. Agreed. And then the last thing, um, I got kind of slapped on the wrist on Reddit because I was posting too much because right now we've just got a ton of podcasts that are coming out. So to alleviate that, I actually started my own subreddit. So I'm the moderator there. So there's a subreddit now called RPG Podcasts. If you do go to Reddit, look for the subreddit RPG Podcasts. And it's not just for us. It's for anybody. It's, it's open to the public. They're going to be sticking that key in every freaking hole they can find until it opens. Phrasing.
Just, uh, I hate to point this out, but you guys did the Primeval Fool interview first. See, no, I, I know he did. I know he did. Why did you take that from me? That's it. No more cigars for you. Don't even think about whiskey. Was well, I'd just like to burst your bubble there, son. I don't want you getting too inflated. That's how we get Nazis. <laughs> Hitler was well, a good egg, and then he got too inflated in the head, and then bam, World War II. I don't know what's going on. Nice. I think my accent just shifted. But it's <laughs> it'll, work out, it'll work out just fine. Just keep us smoking. He might be a Nazi. Do we even know what Nazis are yet? Who cares? Dun, 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 <laughs> There's always Nazis, no matter what. All right, Caleb, what about you? What do you want to promote this week? Nothing, because I do nothing. You write great emails. Yes. Okay, I promote my email that I send to these two guys only. <laughs> I'll just I'll post it on Facebook, you know. You listener wish you could read my emails because my was, emails are fantastical. I was not expecting that thick of an email. It was terrifying. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> my email guarantees you will be scrolling at least three times on your iPhone. Yeah, uh, oh, I've actually I've had emails come into my laptop and then the table break under the weight. That's a that's a meta joke. Think about it. You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.